Good evening, everybody. You know, I just want to bring up a little point. This is not my sermon, but uh, seeing the, uh, the the little guys preach, and especially uh, the young Julian boy, just happened to think of that uh, verse. I'd like to share it with everybody. If everybody would turn to uh, Mark 10:13, we'll take this and. Uh, Springboard off of this and go other places. But in Mark 13, um, we we see here that and they brought young children to him that that he should touch them and that his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for as such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as this little child, he shall not enter therein. Now I just seen those little guys and just thinking, you know, that, you know, what Christ said about that, that, you know, as these guys got up there, I noticed that they didn't seem to be as nervous as some of us big guys that get up here. We get all nervous, you know. Those little guys, they haven't learned to get scared yet, like we have. We're all big and mature and learn to be scared and learn to fear people and fear men. Those guys don't. You know, you look at a child, a young child, well, you tell them that the, you know, the, the moon's made of cheese and they believe it just because you said so. And, you know, we as children of God need to, to do that. Okay, to get in my sermon now, um, turn to Acts 2.42. When read uh, chap- Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And they continued steadfast in, in the apostles' doctrine and, and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wondered... And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to, to the church daily, such as should be saved. My sermon is, uh, what would Jesus do as a member of a local New, Te- New Testament church? Out there at NTC, I read uh, Charles Sheldon's book, In His Steps. And I have to agree with Pastor that all Christians need to read that book. It's, it's not scripture but if you can read that book and not get convicted about your discipleship, you're probably not saved. You need to check up. Because that, that book just really nails home the point of what would Jesus do. And you know, my main message is, what would, as a New Testament member of a New Testament Baptist church, New Testament church, is we need to th- consider... What would Jesus do in the next year if we all lived like those people in Raymond did? 
in that church. You know, if if just a tenth of all Christians did what they what they did, this world would be so much of a better place. But uh, the first thing that I, I believe that uh, Christ would do, one of the things that Christ would do, he would be supportive of the local New Testament church. And uh, how would he do that? He would be right here where we're all at tonight. Every time the doors open, every service, every Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, um, preaching meetings, you know, when Doug Thompson comes in for a week, or our missions conference, family conference. You know, unless something extremely hinders you, something major comes up, you know, I understand we're all in the military and have our jobs and whatever whatever you all do, is that sometimes, you know, you get you get home at 7 o'clock from work. It's kind of hard to make it to make it to church, but if you can, I believe that's your, you know, in, put in military terms, that's your place of duty. It's, every time these doors are open, that, that's our place of duty. Um, he would also support the activities and functions of the church, as in the picnics, the holiday, the picnics that we have on Memorial Day, Labor Day, um, Fourth, I'm sorry, Independence Day. I, I'm trying to get out of calling it Fourth of July. It, it takes away from the meaning of it, because that day is the day that we want our independence. It's not, another, it's not another holiday. It's the day that we need to rejoice and thank God for the men that shed their blood for this country back some two, 200 years, years ago. But, uh, and also like, like uh, the Christmas, Christmas Day, you know, um, New Year's, tomorrow's activities, activities such as that. But I believe his one of the most important things that he would be when the doors are open is soul winning, soul winning times. I believe it's been hit pretty hard, so I'll uh, skim over this. Um, another big thing, I believe Christ would really do as a member of a New, Te New Testament church is he would uh, come to the prayer meetings. As you know, it's the Bible says in uh, Matthew 18:20. If we turn there, it says, "Where there, where there, where for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them." I had this point brought out to me out at NTC. No, it was in a, the Bible study they had there, Ask Mike, it was extremely charismatic. They just had neon signs saying charismatic garbage. But they had uh, some decent preaching there, and they brought out, brought out about that, about prayer, where two or three are gathered together in his name, in Christ's name. There he is in the midst of it. And my, my thought is, is if the church of men got together on Saturday night, like we've we just we we do, how much power could this church have if all the men supported prayer meeting, and that we all come together, and prayed in one accord, 
and sit and cried unto the Lord. I think we could uh, be, be a lot better. I know I was listening to some of the old, the old preaching from last year. You know, last year, we're at about the same point as we are now with the uh, building of the, the single soldier's home. Though God's will prevails, and maybe it seems like it wasn't the Lord's will, but could it could have been Lord's will if uh, we as Christians would have been on our knees more and prayed more and would have been seeking his face? Okay, lost my train of thought, sorry. Um, moving on, something else, something else he would do, I believe he would tithe. You know, it, it's supported in... Uh, the Bible, in uh, talked about in Leviticus uh, 27, 30, and 32. Return there. And uh, it talks about here that in all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or, or of the fruit or the trees, it is the Lord's, it's holy unto, unto the Lord. And concerning the, the tithe of the herb or the flocks, or even even of whereof passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. Um, the tithe is a, is a tenth of tenth of all your increase goes to the Lord. Um, I believe that not only should you tithe of your of your money, you know, that of of your of your gross, not your net of your gross. Because if you tithe off your gross, as uh, Pastor Hammonds has preached uh, in times past, if you tithe off your net, then uh, the, the first fruits, parts of your first fruits, went to the government, allowed it to go to the government. And uh, but with the tithe, why why do we tithe? Other than the fact that the Lord commands it, we wouldn't have this building here if it wasn't for our tithes. Our tithes pays for this church building, pays for the electric, the heating, the cooling, pays for pastors, both pastors' salaries, pays pays for his vehicle, pays for all of that stuff. And so if we if we don't tithe, we take money out of pastors' hands. We take pa money out of pastors' family, out of the pastors' family. And the Bible says a labor is worth worthy of his hire. And, I believe uh, the two two uh, bishops that the Lord's appointed over this church is worth a lot more than what we give them, but but they're humble men and willing to work for what the Lord has given them, and we thank thank the Lord for them. Um, he would also give his offerings and uh, faith promise. These, the, the offerings, the, like special offerings, pay for different things like uh, as when the, our, our missionaries go, down, go out on deputation. You know, as everybody, keep, as we always joke, if you want your, uh, your, your vehicle repaired, you want a new motor and transmission, go out on deputation. But, you know, so, somebody has somehow that those transmissions and engines and Everything else has to be paid for that comes out of the offerings. And then faith promise is how we support the 
what something like near nearly 30 missionaries that we missionaries and evangelists and the different men and ministries that we support comes out of our faith promise now what I think about it is when you're spending your money just think every time you every time you put spend a hundred dollars you could have supported a missionary for a month two missionaries for a month because we, we we try starting out a missionary at about fifty dollars a month our home folks uh, more than that but when you spend a hundred dollars if you if we blow when we blow a hundred dollars we've taken money out, out of a missionary's pocket and uh, I know the Lord er, Lord kicked me in the head a long time ago about that and you know I'm not the best in finances but I you know Lord willing one of these days I'll get it uh, down, down the straight and narrow one of the, I think the most important thing other than prayer that the that Christ would do as the New Testament member of a New Testament church he would support the people the people, the church, the people's the church, and uh, it's talked about in that in that the portion in Acts that I read it talks about talks about that. But uh, the Bible commands us in Ephesians 6:18 to uh, to to pray for pray for all saints, and uh, I believe it's been mentioned here that. If we pray for one another, we won't we won't be doing the things that we shouldn't be, which I'll be getting into. But uh, let me get to Ephesians here. Ephesians 6:18 says, "Praise all, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all per- perseverance and supplications for all saints." Here we're exhorted by Paul to pray for all the saints. All the saints is all those that are saved. We need to pray for those. And again, um, as I'll get into, if we're praying for one another, we won't be, we won't backbite and we won't gossip and we won't do the other things that we do with our tongue. As the Bible says, our tongue is unruly evil, set on fire of hell. Um, we would we would pray pray for all men. We're, we're exhorted to do that by Paul in uh, First Timothy First Timothy two one. Two one and two says I exhort there, therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. For for kings and for all all that are in authority, that we must lead a quiet and peaceable life in all all godliness and honesty. Um, he would also support people in uh, in different situations. Situations come up. Um, the one that I liken to right now is uh, the Hallmans, though they're Missionaries out of this church, you know, if you know people of you know we have the the Newburns that were kind enough to just up and take off and go pick them up so that they can come back and come back with us and that that Mrs. Hallman can make her doctor's appointment. I believe that that's the duty 
of Christians, of us Christians, to support one another. If you know, if a brother's fallen or brother or sister's fallen, to come over there and pick him up and help him up, and be, and not be like what we are so often do. If a man fall, falls, we're right there like scavengers to pick his bones clean and to kick him when he's down. And um, Spurgeon talked about that, and that is another good book that the Metcalfs got me for birthday or Christmas, I don't remember which one, is uh, John Plowman by uh, Spurgeon. I would encourage, encourage you all to read that, especially the younger men, young guys. I think uh, the guys would get a, get more out of this, more in a layman's, plowman's terms. But uh, it, we, we'd, uh, and also with special needs and situations, as this church does, and Mrs. Harvey and uh, Ms. Hammonds takes care of this, and a lot of the other ladies tend to take care of this, but when a lady gives birth, that we, the ladies, go out and help, help them with uh, food, provide, what is it, three meals, you know, for, for, uh, for, the, for the new, for the families. And uh, we do, we tend to do that with people that are sick. When, when there's a the wife or the husband is seriously ill, members of this church, helps them and that's what we're supposed to do and that's a, a, a spirit of giving and we need to keep that and I exhort, exhort you to keep doing that that we would never never stop doing that but unfortunately there's the opposite all, of all of this is that we don't support each other when we backbite and gossip and murmuring um, the biggest biggest problem with murmuring Especially, you know, Jason touched on this. I'm going to stand on his shoulders on on this one, kind of go off of him, with him on this. You know, there's been times that I've back back bid on Pastor. You know, I've approached him, talked with him about that. And, you know, that's the past. Um, but we we see there, there's so many. You look look at the the history of Israel. It's, it's just amazing. How blessed they were, and how often they murmured against them. Um, one in particular that I'd like to bring out is uh, the story of uh, Marian, Miriam, and Aaron. We're all familiar with it, but if we would uh, turn to 12, Numbers 12:1. 12, in here, we 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 see all. In this case here, we see what happens when we murmur. Now in here, um, it says, and, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman which he had married. For he had, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, he hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses. He hath not spoken also by us. And the Lord heard it. And then uh, go to uh, verses, uh, same chapter, verses 9 and 10. And the ang anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And, a cl and the cloud departed from off the, the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. 
First thing I'd like to bring out about murmuring, it kindles God's anger. We see that in uh, verse 9, and it says, verse, verse 9a, and the, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. So when we murmur against pastor or any other person in this church, we, we, we kindle God's anger. And read through the New Test, the Old Testament, and it's not a good thing to stir God's anger, because that brings, that does uh, the next point. It keeps us from God. It separates us from God. We get out of the will of God, and so God has to depart from us, and, and you know, in chastisement, so we can turn back to Him. But we see that in uh, verse nine, part B. And it says, and he departed. You know, he, he turned his back on him. And we also see in verse 10 that murmuring brings punishment, merits punishment. And we see that uh, Miriam was struck with leprosy in judgment for murmuring against Moses, God's man. Though, in here, it does show God's grace. We have such a merciful God that even when He's punishing us, punishing the nation, He still shows grace to us. As He did with Aaron, He could have... I'm sorry, with Miriam, He only, you know, because of Aaron pleading with Moses and Moses with God, she was only struggling with leprosy for seven days. But seven days is a lot longer than what she should what she what should have happened if she would have kept her mouth off of God, off of God's man, she would have never got struck with leprosy. Um, backbiting is also forbidden. Um, we get this in First uh, Corinthians ten ten. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Um, and also over to Philippians 2:14 and 15. Both of these have a reference back to the same, the same incidents. And do all things without murmuring and disputing, and and they may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye, ye shine as lights in the world. Both uh, in First Corinthians, ten ten and uh, second, or Philippians. 2, 14, and 15 refer back to right after Miriam, Aaron, and Aaron when uh, Moses sends out the, the, those, the, the spies into, into Canaan land, into the promised land. And they come back and they, they, they murmur against them. And, and all of them 
were, were destroyed except for Caleb and uh, Joshua. Thank you. I had a, had a mind, mind cramp there. Um, I just want to say that, um, br bring up a little scenario to, to kind of finish this up and bring bring this uh, this final point to, to a point and bring it together is uh, I'm going to get a little, as Mr. Grab would say, I'm going to get a little porcupine-ish and get to the point. Um, a scenario that happened in my life you know, as a member of this church is uh, back of ser several months ago, pastor made a decision to remove the late young ladies from the, the single soldiers ministry. And I got, got sideways with pastor. I said something on the lines of, that was stupid. I don't know why he did that. I don't understand it. It's retarded. It was a wrong decision. Well, I got talking. I, I thought I was going to do the right thing as I disagreed with what pastor said. And so I talked to the, all the singles and you know, I was going to go, go to pastor and say, you know, this is what the singles think. And, uh, you know, this is what, what we see and this is how we feel. But in the midst of that, you know, God had a different plan. He had a lesson for me. I got talking to, to one of the parents of one of the singles, and she brought out the fact that a pastor is pastor. He's the bishop of this church, and he's the authority of this church. We need to respect that, whether we agree with what he says or whether we do, whether we do or don't agree with what pastor says. For two, for one main reason, pastor is the bishop of this church. Will stand before God, the Almighty God, and be judged for his decisions, what he makes at this church, whether right or wrong, he will stand for it, not us. So if if pastor's decision to pull the girls was wrong, we don't have, we won't answer for it. I won't answer for it. None of the singles will answer for it. Pastor will. Upon looking upon it. I don't think it was a it was a wrong choice because if if the singles are honest with each other, honest with themselves, and look at what how we were before and after that, we're a lot better without the girls. Not saying anything against the girls. <laughs> don't get me don't get me wrong. You know we we got we got a group of good we got a good good group of good godly young ladies. But it, I don't know if the guys are trying to show off for the girls or what, but we're not as spiritual and we don't have the same conversations. We, we tend to be a little bit more giddy, horse around a lot more. Though, the, though you know, us young guys, we like horsing around and having fun like any, anybody else, but we get a lot more giddy and we're not as focused and not as scripture, not as, you know, we ain't, with the girls, we ain't going to die dig into, you know, revelation with them. You know, girls are not made like that. They, they you know, the girls just don't like talking about that stuff, that, that deep of stuff. And, you know, us guys are more likely to to dig into the scriptures and really find the deep down dark things in the scripture. You know, and I just challenge each and every one of us that when pastor makes a decision, Pastor Harry, Pastor Hammonds, makes the decisions that we stand by them, that we remember that 
we will get judged before God how we reacted what these men do. And that these men are the authority in his Brother Julian brought out, and his, uh, I believe one of his sons, or both of his sons brought out, is that if, if we stay underneath the umbrella of the protection of authority, that we'll be fine, that the authorities above us will, will you know, if you look at it no other way, will take the heat for it. Not us. We have to be careful of how we react to what those men do, because that's what we'll be judged. And I just challenge each one of you to keep think of that and to to li try living our lives in the next year as, as they did in, uh, in, that, in that church church in uh, in uh, Raymond in the book of In His Steps that we would challenge ourselves for the next year not to do a single thing without thinking about what would Jesus do? Answer the question, what would Jesus do? No matter what the cost of us as most of those men a lot of those men in those in that book, cost them basically their fortune. You know, Mr. Powell lost his fortune. Um, the, the the guy that ran the newspaper basically was lose was going to lose his fortune, but you know it turned out other ways. But we need to be willing to give all for the sake of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for the gift of life and the. Uh, the gift of preaching that you've given us, Lord, and that we have a New Testament church that we can go to and worship you, and that there's men in this church that are leading this church down the straight and narrow and down the road that you want us to, to go, that you would desire us to go. And I pray that as the new year dawns, that we would uh, remember what would your son do, what would Jesus do in our place, that we would always remember that and live our lives accordingly. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.